welcome to the Menopause Cast. Clarity, connection and confidence in menopause. You can cry, shout or laugh out loud with me, Debbie Wallbank, and some of my fellow menopause warriors who will often be joining me to share their own experiences and expert advice. Whatever you're dealing with right now, I need you to believe it can get better. The light at the end of the tunnel might seem so far away, but it is there. You just have to keep moving forward. My hope is that you can relate to my story and that this podcast might help you get through that tunnel, even if it's just a few steps further forward towards sharing your voice and finding your own menopositivity. And welcome to episode two of the Menopausecast. As this is being recorded, it's also streaming live into my Facebook group, the Menopositivity Movement. Um, let me know if you are watching live in the group, if you're watching on replay in the group, and also where you're from, if you want to share. If you're listening only um, on Spotify, why don't you think about watching the sessions as they're being streamed in the group, get interactive, be involved, join the private community on Facebook. Um, there's lots more men who talk there, support, and you can get to know other women going through the same journey that you are, or very similar journey. And you can feel less alone and know that this is happening to many of us. And, you know, there is support there for you if you want it. So I'll also pop that link into the caption of the podcast. If you're not already in the group, you're welcome to join. Feel free to ask any questions in the comments as we go. I'll do my best to respond to them live. I'm keeping an eye on my phone as I do this. And today we're discussing the dreaded symptoms. What to expect throughout this menopause journey how to keep track um, so that you can keep, sorry, you can discuss with your healthcare professional if you need to. Maybe you're already past that stage, but you just want more clarification on some other symptoms that you're experiencing if they're related to the menopause. And in fairness, chances are they will be if you are already known to be in perimenopause or meno or postmenopause. But sometimes there are maybe some symptoms that come along that you weren't expecting. So I just want to give you kind of a heads up on what to expect, really, and just how much your body is impacted by these hormonal changes. So how many of you think that menopause means hot flushes? I'll put my hand up because that was definitely me. It's certainly the symptom that. I thought was the main identifier. And it was the one that triggered me into going to get some tests done. But it's absolutely not the only symptom. There are at least 34 recognized symptoms. And actually there are many more and many of which I have personally experienced. And not everyone will experience flushes. So, just because you're not having those, don't rule out menopause if you have any of these other symptoms. 
And just excuse me for one little moment while I find my power cable. Joys of live. There we go. All right, we are plugged in. Yeah, don't rule out menopause. Um, if you can relate to any of these symptoms I'll be talking about in a moment. In particular, pot flushes, as I say, perhaps you've experienced them as night sweats. It's technically the same thing, just one happens in the day, one happens at night. You may be having irregular periods and you may be experiencing some mood swings. These are <clears throat> typically the most obvious and they're usually those that trigger people to think it's menopause. But they definitely were for me, those in particular altogether. However, there were loads of other symptoms going on at the time that I had no idea were related to menopause and therefore I didn't really investigate it properly. <coughs> Excuse me. So if you've listened to episode one of this podcast, you'll already know some of my story. You'll know how low I was feeling and the chain of events that then led up to me moving away, moving south down here to sunny Englandshire. I was struggling to hold down my jobs, no matter the level, um, some very basic jobs, some higher level jobs. I just couldn't do it. I was constantly tired, but more than tired. You know, it was just this absolute apathy, which it, it sounds very trivial when you describe it, but actually it's hugely debilitating. That was probably the worst part for me at that point. I was joking. I use the term loosely because it's not funny and I don't mean it in that way, but because I didn't really register that it could be menopause for me, you know, I'm sure you've some of you have done it too. You know, oh, it's just menopause. Ha, ha, ha. It's just menopause. Because you don't think it really is. You'd never joke about it if that's what you knew you had, right? But, you know, I'd experienced a few flushes at work and my periods were definitely becoming irregular. Maybe every six weeks, every couple of months, then they'd be regular again for four or five months and then I'd maybe miss one, you know, and you start to think, am I pregnant? Is there something else wrong? And, you know, you almost rule it out still that it could be menopause because depending on your age, it may seem that it's just not possible. However, from episode one, hopefully you will now know that you can be in perimenopause in your 20s and sometimes even younger. So it really isn't a joke. And if you do find yourself saying, oh, you know, it's just menopause, having a laugh about it, maybe it really is. So maybe it's time to take it a bit more seriously and get yourself checked out perhaps, or just keep monitoring what's going on with your body. So during the first six months after me moving away, I tried to rebuild my life. You know, I started a small pet sitting business, minimal overheads, well, no overheads. And I, because I have such a love of animals, apart from wasps, <laughs> I thought, you know, this is the best job ever, right? Walking dogs, feeding cats, cuddling pets. What, what, what could be wrong with that? But I actually even struggled to do that. The thought of having to get up, get dressed, 
and actually move my body to walk a dog was horrific. I just couldn't feel that I wanted to do it. I mean, I had to because it was now my job and I needed money from something to live. But even that was a struggle. The thought of putting effort into anything was unbearable. Which, if you're going through that now, please know that I do 100% relate to that. And I feel your pain. Truly, I do. Because as I read this out myself, I almost can't believe that was me. Because I'm so far from that now, which is amazing. But at the time, it just enveloped me and it really just took over took over from everything. And it wasn't until I had some routine blood tests because I have hypothyroid, so underactive thyroid. So I have regular blood tests for that anyway. But because I was so fatigued, they obviously ran some extra tests, but they didn't necessarily tell me or I don't remember. But it, it came about that I was probably in perimenopause because there had been a change in my hormone levels. Now, as I say, I joked about this for years because, and I mean years, you know, two, three years, four years, five years at this point even, that my fatigue and mood swings were the menopause. Oh, I'm in a bad mood because it's the menopause. Ha ha ha. And this is it, you know, from 40, from 39 even, may have even been 38. It's hard to know exactly, but it was certainly, I was 40 at the oldest when this started. Now, for a lot of you, you're going, 40, that's far too young for the menopause. And I still get that today. People still say to me, even now, now I'm post-menopause. They think, well, you can't be, you're only 48. You can't possibly have been in perimenopause, gone through all these stages, and now you're coming out the other side. You're far too young. So imagine when you're 40. And for years leading up to that point, you know, no one really considered that this was menopause, me included, because, you know, I was too young or what I deem, what society deemed to be too young. And at that point, I didn't know any better. I was about 45 when these blood tests were done. Again, because I didn't know this is what it was, I wasn't keeping track specifically. So I'm just trying to recall the best of my ability when this all happened. So now it was confirmed as much as it can be. It's very difficult to actually confirm menopause from blood tests because your hormone levels are changing constantly. They can be different from morning to afternoon, let alone week to week. So there's only a certain amount of confirmation you can actually have from a blood test. But as far as I was concerned, this this was now starting to make sense. Could things finally get better? Because I now knew what it was, right? No, unfortunately not. At that time, you may or may not remember, we're going through a similar thing now, funnily enough, but back then there was a massive shortage of HRT of all kinds. And I was initially given the the combined pill, so estrogen, progestogen pills to take. But I only had them for a month before I couldn't get my repeat prescription. They couldn't even get me the patches at that point. Everything had just disappeared. 
Not sure why, but this and it was a global shortage. So I was unable to get more treatment. And because it takes a while to kick in, and obviously you have to have prolonged use, it didn't really help. That month I had of HRT just didn't really help. The diagnosis had gone some way to explain what was going on, and that in itself helped settle my mind a little bit. But my symptoms were ever increasing, and there just didn't seem to be a real solution to this. So I just seemed destined to be stuck, stuck in a house share in one room, basically, feeling really low, not able to work, not even able to do a job that I would have deemed a dream job, you know, the pet sitting. Who wouldn't love that? But I didn't even want to do that. I had such little self-belief and it just felt like everything was fading away completely. But during the summer of that same year, my mum came to visit. My mum has lived in East Sussex for... Oof, best part of 30 years, I should think. Um, I mean, obviously, because I was in England now, much easier for us to visit each other. So she came to stay. And actually, we decided that it would be a good idea to live together. And you might go, oh my God, really? Living with your mother at that time of your life? But actually, yeah, it made sense because we needed to support each other. You know, I was feeling very alone, very isolated, even though I was sharing the house with another person. It wasn't really the same as, you know, family. So, and mum's, you know, advancing in years. So we thought, let's just pull our resources and see how, how it goes. What, what's to lose? It, it meant I could get out of that one bedroom. And it meant I could have a home rather than just sharing someone else's house. So at 47 by now, <laughs> this really hadn't been my plan to move back in with mum. But it was definitely an opportunity for both of us to improve our individual living situations. Mum at that point was in um, sheltered accommodation, although sheltered is a very loose term she was very independent and you know didn't really rely on the resources available of of the home but that's where she was and it just made sense so we eventually moved into this beautiful three-bedroom house in October 2019 and you're probably wondering why I'm even sharing this with you but I'm sharing it because it felt like a fresh start. And I thought this was where things were going to change. You know, I was I was on the up, if you like. I'd moved out of a one bedroom into a three bedroom house, which was more than ample for all our needs. Very beautiful inside. I'd been taking steps to improve my mindset as well. Uh, I was meditating a little bit. I was manifesting. And these are all things I've tried before, but with no real conviction. However, this time they seemed to be more effective. My pet business had started to do pretty well. My financial situation was also improving. And I even had an actual office because it was a three bedroom house. One bedroom for mom, one for me. Third one, smallest one was my office. It's amazing. I've never had an office before. And... I was so positive. My life was about to just keep going up and up and up. And everything was going great until the next year. 
At this point, my menopause symptoms had been worsening, although I hadn't really noticed because it was gradual. But in particular, it, it was the unseen symptoms. And I'm going to go through the whole list of everything that I know of in a moment. But it's these unseen symptoms that can often be the worst for people. Irritability, depression, the mood swings, anxiety. And it's just got to such a point that on Christmas Eve, 2020, is that right? 2020? Yes, 2020. I'd actually had enough of life. <sighs> Take a breath as I say that because it feels like I'm talking about someone else. It really does. I actually didn't want to wake up on Christmas Day or indeed any day after that. And Christmas is probably my favourite time of year. I love the preparation. I love the decoration. I love the cooking. I love the social aspect of it. I love Christmas. I love giving gifts to people, finding the right gifts that mean something to the person that's going to receive them. But that Christmas... I didn't want to be breathing. And it, it seemed to creep up on me, literally in the blink of an eye. You know, one minute, I was prepping for this beautiful Christmas meal that I had planned for mum and I, our first Christmas in this home together. Actually, that's not true, it was our second Christmas, but the first Christmas was very minimal because we'd just moved in and we were living out of cardboard boxes, basically. But our first real Christmas together in 30 years. We're watching cheesy movies, having a couple of drinks. And then all of a sudden, it literally was like a switch had been turned off or something had snapped in my head. I was angry about absolutely everything that day, but not just angry, rage, real rage and frustration about everything, yet nothing, nothing important ended up having a massive argument with my mum about something so trivial. Really, I, I just lost the plot. Um, I'll admit that. I completely lost it. Couldn't control it. I felt so useless and unnecessary. And I think that's a really key word. Unnecessary. I didn't have a purpose. Everything felt pointless. And given how hard I've been working over the last six months to a year to grow my business, get consistent with mindset, this was a massive shock because it literally jumped up and hit me in the face. So here I was now, living with mum. I was still pretty broke financially because the business was doing okay, but it was only just paying the bills. But I was completely broken emotionally. And this was absolutely, most definitely, my lowest point ever. But when you are at that lowest of lows, and again, if you do feel like that right now, please, please come and talk to me. I would love to be there for you, be of support for you, because I have been there. And I promise you, there is only one way to go. And that's back up. Okay? It's back up. 
you do not go any further. You do not go any lower. You start to come back up. And I would love to help you with that. So somehow I managed to start to go back up. I battled through. I just, I guess I knew deep down nothing else was really an option. You know, the level of guilt I felt for how I'd spoken to and treated my mum at Christmas of all times was unbearable. It really was. I felt sick. It's actually making me feel sick now to remember it. I was embarrassed. I was ashamed. I couldn't understand what was going on. So at the end of January last year, 15 months ago now, 14 months ago, I was still struggling. But somehow, perhaps it was coming out of the winter months. I'm sure winter affects us all as well, especially in this country where we have minimal daylight and dreadful weather usually. It can be a bad time of year anyway. So perhaps it was the changing of the seasons. But, you know, into February, I seemed to have this semblance of a will to live again. But it, that was a good, a solid two, three months of feeling this low without really realising what was going on. And that's actually a lifetime when you're in that space, when you're in that mental deprivation, if you like. It feels so much longer. It really does. However, I went back to the GP because I just, I refused to live like this anymore. And my depression, anxiety, fatigue, it, it was just taking over and it was ruining my life. And I just thought there has to be something. There has to be something they can do to help me. At that point, I was assuming it would be antidepressants. It might be therapy. Who knows? But I still wasn't really thinking menopause at this point, even though I'd been started on HRT. And I'll tell you why. Because over that year, from having that one month of HRT to then having nothing for a year, to going through that massive slump, I wasn't even cognitively aware that it was menopause. I'd almost forgotten that that had even been suggested. I couldn't comprehend anything. I was just in this hole, this dark hole, this black space. And I couldn't seem to find a way out, but I knew I had to. And I knew there had to be something. There just had to be. This wasn't normal. This wasn't right to be feeling this way. So I chatted with my doctor and, you know, thankfully they were, they were very good. I mentioned that I'd had these tests before and actually it came, I remember now when I was talking to the doctor, it wasn't until almost the end of the appointment. And I said, oh, actually, I was tested for menopause. I wonder, could it be that? Because I'd literally just blocked all that out of my mind. So they agreed to do more tests and, you know, they're not the solution. Blood tests are not 100% indicative because as I say, your, your hormone levels fluctuate constantly and depending on your age and where about you are on your menopause journey the blood tests might not be conclusive so it's not the answer but if you are under 45 which I was at this point 
then blood tests can be a good indicator. So they did more tests and again, they reconfirmed that I was highly indicative of being in, they called it menopause, but as I know, and as probably you now know, it was really perimenopause at this point. But it, even then, it's not a term that even my doctor would use. It was, it was just menopause. It was all lumped together as menopause. But this time round, thankfully, HRT was available. And you know what? I bit their hand off. You know, I discussed the risks, and for me, they were extremely low. Very little reason for me not to have it. And in fact, the benefits far outweighed any risks that were there. And, you know, I'll talk about HRT and those things in further episodes. But I just thought, you know what? Give me it. Just give me it. I can't, I can't keep feeling like this. Just give me something. I almost didn't care what it was. I really didn't. I thought if, it's, if it can help me, I will have it. Thank you very much. So I bit their hand off to get that prescription. And at last, this really was the turning point. And I'm not, this is not about HRT this, this week, and it will be in future weeks. But if you are considering HRT and you're not sure, again, please come and have a chat with me. I would recommend it to anyone. If, you, if it's safe for you to have it and you're offered it, please take it. Please take it because it absolutely changed my life. And I have, I have goosebumps saying that to you right now because I'm very emotional because if I hadn't been given that, I dread to think it's quite possible I wouldn't be sitting here right now. And that's a very scary, very scary place to be. So perhaps, you know, enough about my story for this week, but perhaps you don't realise that so many other things are going on with your body that they could be menopause related. So part of my aim of being here, of doing this for you, is to give you the information you need so that you can be diagnosed as early as possible, as diagnosed as, as we can be, and be given the support and treatment if, if you wish, but whatever you need to get it as quickly as possible so that you never get to feeling as bad as I did just over a year ago. Which actually now seems like a lifetime ago. But as I mentioned before, the most common symptoms, which let me know if you can relate to these. In fact, tell me what your worst symptoms are. Pop them in the comments if you're watching me live. The most common ones that you know, people will associate with menopause are the hot flushes, stroke night sweats, the mood swings, and the irregular periods. However, listen carefully to the rest of this list, and please bear with me because it's a long list. If you can say yes to several of these, then perhaps you really need to consider that it's menopause or perimenopause for you. So I'm just going to read them all out. And I'm going to pick on one or two at the end to talk about my own experience of them. But there are a lot. <laughs> Stress, unexplained anxiety, memory lapses, difficulty concentrating, brain fog, irritability, depression, panic disorder, lack of motivation, lack of focus, emotional sensitivity, fatigue, dizzy spells, 
disrupted sleep. And then there are some others that are much less talked about, but also, but actually very common, just people don't associate them as much as being menopause related. Low libido, vaginal dryness, soreness, decreased confidence, burning mouth, electric shock sensations, tingling extremities, gum problems, dry mouth, dry eyes, irregular heartbeat, osteoporosis, which is a huge one, urinary pain, blurry vision, digestive problems, weight gain, bloating, itchy skin, <laughs> constantly itching my nose today. I don't know if I'm due for a fight or what, but very itchy nose today. Itchy skin, allergies that you may never have had before, dry skin, pruritus, which is similar to dry skin, acne, body odour changes, brittle nails, clammy skin, extra facial hair, but hair loss and thinning elsewhere, headaches, breast soreness, joint pain, muscle aches, hangovers, and rage. Now, how many of those did you nod along to when I was reading them out? If you've got a combination of those going on at the moment, you're probably going to be feeling pretty miserable. But there are things that you can do. And again, in future episodes, I'm going to share lots of things with you that can help alleviate some of these symptoms. But how many did you relate to? Rewind and go through the list again and make a note. I urge you to keep a journal or some other way to track the symptoms that you experience along with their severity, because this will enable you to have a better conversation with your healthcare professional if that's the route you choose to go down. So let's go back to some of these and I'm going to tell you about my experience because I have had almost every single one of these on the list. But some have not really been too much of a problem. Some have lasted only a month or two. And certainly since HRT, almost all have disappeared. I still struggle massively with fatigue, but that could be a combination of menopause, my underactive thyroid, and I'm also vitamin B12 deficient, and they all contribute to fatigue. So that, that's, that's the biggie for me, it's massive. Brain fog has been another huge part of my journey with the concentration and the, the memory lapses. You know, when you're trying to do a busy office job, when you're managing a building for people, when you have multiple staff to look after, when you have multiple targets to hit, you have clients that want things on demand, that all becomes impossible. Brain fog is so debilitating and People take it quite lightly, you know, oh, I got up and I forgot what I got up for. Ah, but, you know, it really, it's a serious thing. And yeah, it's good to joke about it and make, be lighthearted about it so you don't get miserable. But actually, it's a very massive part of the struggle that we face going through menopause. But it's probably not something you would associate with being related to your hormones. You maybe just think it's, you're getting old. You may have thought perhaps it's dementia. There are so many women convinced they have dementia when actually it's perimenopause. 
So those two for me were huge, especially when it came to my work life. And they really were the factors that stopped me being able to hold down a nine to five job. It was impossible. Sleep was another biggie for me. Not being able to get to sleep, not being able to stay asleep, not being able to wake up feeling refreshed in the morning, sleeping longer because I was so tired in the morning. And then that then adds to the cycle of you can't get to sleep at night because you slept too long in the day. It's a nasty, nasty circle. Dry eyes. Actually, I have the opposite now. I did have dry eyes, but now I have weepy eyes, which is also a symptom. In fact, almost everything that happens in your body could be attributed to perimenopause when you get to that stage of your life, because almost everything, in fact, everything in your body is regulated by hormones, not necessarily your menopausal hormones, but hormones are what kind of give your body instruction. They tell your body what to produce at certain times of the day, the week, the month, the year, whatever. And if that's all out of sync, every single part of you can be affected. And that's why this list is so long. And it's also why so many people overlook menopause, because you could put down these symptoms to almost anything else, you know. Dry eyes could just be an eye infection. Weight gain could literally be because you haven't been to the gym enough or you've eaten too much. You wouldn't necessarily think, oh, I've put on some weight. I must be in perimenopause. It doesn't work like that, right? But do, do think about these symptoms because if you have several of these all together, it's unlikely that several of them can be attributed to something else. Unless you're a really unlucky person and you have loads of individual health issues, which I feel for you if you do, because I have obviously I have some of my own. But just consider. Take everything into account, look at the overall picture. You know, are you experiencing these things on a regular basis altogether? Are you of a certain age? Have the main symptoms appeared at any point in your life? Pruritus. Now, you might not know what this is, but pruritus is, it's like itchy skin, but it's not really an itch. It's actually nerves. It's nerve endings that make you feel like you're itchy and no amount of scratching will get rid of it. And in fact, scratching will probably make it worse. That was a huge thing for me in the beginning, before I started my proper course of HRT I was literally tearing at my skin and it was only in certain places it's not all over your body one is here in the crease of my elbow here my right shoulder and I'm sure there was one somewhere else that thankfully I've forgotten about but it's awful and it's like sharp somebody stabbing you with little needles or you feel like there's insects crawling under your skin. It really is, oh, it's awful. And there, there seems to be no relief from it other than cold. Ice packs work really well if you do struggle with that. Body odour. Now, I have never in my life been a sweaty person and I've certainly never been a smelly person. You know, you go camping, you don't necessarily wash every single day. I could probably have gone two weeks 
and not had a smell about me. Now, or not so much now that I am on HRT, but leading up to that, shower, and almost instantly, I would still smell body odour on myself. And that's a nasty, nasty thing to experience when you're not used to it. So you may be experiencing more body odour than before. It may be a different smell, because mine certainly is. I don't smell like I used to. People don't then associate that either, but it's hormonal. It's like puberty. Before puberty, you don't smell. You don't have body odour. You don't have those chemicals in your body. Puberty comes along and all of a sudden you're sweating. You've got sweaty armpits. You need deodorant. Similar happens in menopause, but it changes. It can become more intense. It can become more pungent. It can become, you just feel like you constantly have this odour around you, which is it's very embarrassing. It's very debilitating. Excess facial hair. Let's talk about that one. I used to call them my witchy hairs because I used to get random, extra, dark, thick, strong hairs just sprouting out. There's one comes here. There's a few come here under my chin, you know. Again, I didn't think it was menopause. I thought, I'm just getting old, you know. Older people have random hairs on their face. But it's hormonal. Hangovers. Now, I don't know if you drink or not, obviously. But if you do drink, you will probably start to find that you can't drink as much. Or at least you can still drink as much as you used to. But you'll probably feel a lot worse the next day than you ever have before. Hangovers kick in with a vengeance during menopause. And that's something that people don't talk about, that don't associate. So that's why a lot of women in menopause don't drink or drink a lot less because they just can't stand the increase in the suffering the following day, myself included. So that's just a wee insight into some more of, you know, my experience of these symptoms. But let me know about yours and... If you want to share your story, I'm very happy to listen. And people, if you are in, our, in the group, if you're in the Facebook group, I'm sure the community would love to know your story as well, because it could be their story. You might make friends out of this. You might just have someone to bounce off of when you're feeling bad that knows exactly how you're feeling because they've got the same symptoms. So please do share if you feel it's appropriate. So please do think about the journal or some sort of tracker. There are several good resources online, which I'll share the links for quite happily. Some of them are also available on my website. I'm in the middle of creating my own tracker for, for you guys, and it will be available on the website as well. There's loads of other areas of support on my website, and that is only gonna get bigger over the next coming weeks and months. So keep following that. Next week, I'm going to be discussing the behind the scenes stuff. Those areas of your life that can also be affected by menopause. It's not just the physical, mental, emotional symptoms. They can have a much wider impact on your life. So we're going to talk about that next week. And then in the following weeks, we're also going to talk about how to approach your healthcare professional. What to bring them, what evidence to give them in order to get the support that you want and need. 
So thank you. That's the end of today's episode. And thank you so much for listening and watching if you are watching in the group. As always, I am here for you. I'm here for you. If you have any questions at all, please don't be afraid to ask me. You can pop them in the group. You can send me a messenger message. You can drop me an email, whichever feels right for you. And finally, just a wee reminder that if you are listening to this on Spotify and you want to get involved on the live broadcast, please join the Facebook group, which the link will also be included in the description of this episode. The website's about to get a whole lot bigger, so please enjoy that. Use it as much as you like. Refer other people if you think it will benefit them. And just come chat with me anytime, even if you just want a shoulder. If you just want someone to listen for five minutes, please do. If you'd like to be a guest on future episodes of the podcast, if you want to share your story, if you have a good experience to share, if you have learned something you'd like the world to know about, please do also drop me a message and I will send you the link to apply to be on a future episode. And if successful, I'll obviously be in touch and we can organise a suitable date. But until next time, thank you again and goodbye.